Hi everybody, what you're about to hear is a 20 minute preview of the simply syndicated show Shaken Not Stirred. It's all about Bond films, that's why it's called Shaken Not Stirred. Do you see what we did there? It's ever so clever. Anyway, it's a great show, we love doing it a lot, and there's loads of episodes of this show. We're going to do at least one per Bond film. This is just a preview of one of the shows. If you want to hear the whole thing, go on over to simplysyndicated.com, that's where we live, slash shows, slash shaken not stirred. There's menus and everything, you'll figure it out. And there you can see that you can buy all the episodes, or you can sign up to Simply Everything, which just costs a couple of quid a month and gives you access to everything we make. If you like James Bond films, you'll probably like some of the other stuff we do. Some of it's free and you can just download it. Enjoy that. That's great. That's yours. But some of it you just pay a little bit for. Okay. So, but it's supposed to be good. That's the point. So there's no ads in it either. That's also kind of, I'm just rambling now. Listen to the show. It's, we think it's good. So have fun. Hello, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred. I'm Richard Smith and I'm joined by Nick Long. And today, hello. hello. Today we're talking about From Russia with Love, the second Bond film. And I would personally argue the best Sean Connery Bond film. It's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. It's ever so good, this one. I really enjoy this one a lot. And, And more than Doctor No. Yeah, um, I, I I can I can pick holes quite happily in Doctor No, but this one I it, it's longer than I remember, you know. Me it, too. I always feel like it ends with the sequence on the train. Yeah, I always and then there's like another half hour after that. Yeah, there's there's the boat chase. There's fighting the old woman in the hotel room. There's all kinds I, of things. I, I completely forgotten about that one. I had, and it, again, I I've, I've seen this movie two hundred times. I know. And do you know what? It was only until this watching. Well, th- yeah, I watched because I watched it last Friday. So this watching that I actually kind of got the title. Because I was looking for it. Right. Because, you know, they try and put the title in each of the films. And, uh, and I was looking for it. And I only realized it only finally clicked because it's always been from Russia with love. And, I, you know, assumed it was something to do with Russia. And, you know, it kind of is. But it was only... This time, I worked out why it was called that. Because he writes it on the photo. Yeah, but it's it's because the idea is that, well, we're, we're kind of getting into the plot here, but basically, um, Bond's son, sent on a mission to recover this um, in, encryption device um, that the Russians use so they can decode all the transmissions and see what the Russians are up to. And it's because this supposed Russian spy is defecting. So... It's kind of a, a present from Russia with love. It is. It's genius. So, we we yeah we that's basically all of it, isn't it? He's, that's they, it. They, Thank they, you for listening. Yeah, that's that's the plot of this <laughs> film. And that, there you go. Um, it, there's actually a bit more to it. I think it that's is. pretty much the plot of the book. Yes. Um, I have read the book, and I'm struggling to remember how the plot is different. I know that the so I read this a while ago, and I've slept since then. Um, <laughs> but I know that Spectre aren't involved in the book. It's just the Russians. Which is funny, because um, 
it it seemed almost pointless to introduce Spectre in this film. Well, apparently that was to kind of make it a bit less political. Yeah. Which seems fair enough. And in 1963, I think tensions with the Russians were fairly high. Yeah. Some, something to do with a war that was a bit chilly. It's something like that, I think. And so let's not make a film about them killing us all or trying to or, or things like that. And we'll have this terrorist organization instead, which is a lot less frightening uh, somehow. <laughs> well, I suppose because that's not real, is it? But the Russians were real and they were, they were definitely there and, and weren't fans of ours at the time. No, no. It's one way of putting it. They didn't. They didn't like us very much. Um, so the the story goes. They they're kind of contacted by this this woman who is. See, I think I'm channeling the book now. The, this kind of low ranking uh, cryptologist, whatever. Mm. No, she's not even that, is she? She's just in the military. She's a secretary. Yeah, uh, and but she. But she does use it. She does use the device, though. In the film, this is right. She, yeah, she does use the device. But she, she knows how it works. She's kind of seen a picture of James Bond in all mm. her filing and has fallen in love with him and yeah. so has decided she's the guy, he's the guy that she's going to see when she defects, yeah. along with the special typewriter Lecter machine. Which has got nothing at all to do with the uh, machines that were captured in the Second World War. No, nothing whatsoever. Uh, we have uh, Sean Connery's James Bond, obviously, Tatiana Roman- Romanova, as Daniela Bianca. He's so full of foreign names, I can't say. <laughs> I am terrible. You know, and, and the one thing I've realised about the early Bond films, having rewatched them, they I think I said it last time, they don't introduce anyone. No, They're they don't, do they? They're in one scene, and then like no one's introduced. No one uses character names throughout. That's I never noticed that. But it, you're right. I mean, with with a couple of obvious exceptions, I think you could go through the film and pick out how we're wrong. Yeah. But generally, yeah, it kind the of minor, like you know, the guy he meets in Istanbul, who's his contact there. He's never really introduced. He's only introduced with, when um, M talks about him in in back in London, mm. so, and they never use his name really. So you're not going to know what he's called. Um, he had quite a tragic story, you know, that actor. He did. He, he he did. We'll, we'll get onto that. Should we should we talk through the film? Okay, let's do that. Yeah, because it starts it starts with this this uh, opening sequence um, of Bond walking around a garden, very made up, very very made up. Yes, um, you can see the powder dripping off his face, basically, and the lipstick marks. <laughs> yeah, very right. But they're walking around this garden. This is actually the Pinewood Gardens, by the way. It is, so, uh, yeah. Little little bit of a factoid there. We should have a, a bumper factoid or something like that. I'll do a sound effect. Not okay. really. No. Um, and uh, and there's this guy stalking him, and there's a couple of gunshots, and he walks up some some steps that look very cardboard over <laughs> a bridge, and in fact they are still like that. Right. Okay. I don't trust that bridge at all. <laughs> Um, because that that bridge is still there. It's still there. Well, then it should be okay. It's been there since at least nineteen sixty three. Yeah, I think it was built for a film way back in the thirties with plywood or something. I don't know. Anyway, so they're walking through the garden, and you know, they you figure that they're trying to look for each other, and then finally, this guy jumps out and strangles Bond. That's the the big kind of opening shocker, isn't it? Because you yeah. think he's dead. James Bond is dead and they haven't even played the opening credits yet. 
What's and going then, on? And then the lights come on, and and you see that it's actually full of operatives at this this base, this secret base. And then they pan back down to Bond on the floor with one of the worst masks I've ever seen. That's supposed to be Sean Connery's face, and they lift it off, and actually, it's not Sean Connery. It's someone else wearing a mask of him. Someone so who, Bond, someone who got the shit job that day. Yeah. He must have pissed someone off. Clearly. You're going to fight Robert Shaw to the death dressed as James Bond. What yeah. have I done? What well, I was late <laughs> today. I understand. But why this? Why? Poor and, bastard. And he's he's been timed. So he's like, well done. Yes, you did it in three minutes and whatever, or however long it took. And then we're into the title sequence. So it doesn't really explain anything, except that it was like a training exercise. Yeah for this really ominous, frightening guy. Who, yeah. again, there's... Reminds me of Dolph Lundgren, you know. Robert Shaw does. Yeah. yeah I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, in, in, the, in the book, and this is probably the last one of these I'm ever going to be able to say that with because I'm not reading another one right now. <laughs> um, he, the character of, uh, what's his name, Grant, played by Robert Shaw, is much darker than mm. he is in the film. And I think it's purely because in a book you've got much more time to go into things. So you, you get his backstory, and you find out that he is an absolute total psychopath. Mm. He, you, you get his backstory from him being a child on a farm in God knows where, and he starts, he, he has a thing for, he enjoys killing. And so he starts with small animals and works his way up. And oh, then, yes, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. I have read this a long, long time ago. He has to, he likes killing, then he gets a taste for killing the bigger animals on farms and has to go to other farms at night to kill horses and pigs and sheep and goats and all this kind of thing, and then progresses to drunk people alone in, in the dark and that sort of thing. Um, he's just an absolute psychopath, uh, which almost comes across in the film, but obviously not in quite as much detail. But I, I, I've always thought, and it, it remains true, Robert Shaw is just one of the best uh, Bond bad guys. Yeah, he is. And I, I actually put it down, and we'll come back to this later, but I put it down to him being reasonably well physically matched to Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. So if, if Robert Shaw and Sean Connery were to have a fight in real life, I don't know who I'd say would win that fight. And and they're some of the best ones, unlike Roger Moore fighting Jaws, or in fact, <laughs> fighting in quotation yes, marks. Yes, in in fact, fighting the stunt anyone. double fighting Jaws. Yeah, you you you'd be killed instantly straight away, pretty boy. <laughs> what are you doing? But in this one, no, you, it's it's really well. Uh, they're they're really well matched, uh, and I I don't think we actually saw that level of matching again until Pierce Brosnan fought uh, Sean Bean on the satellite dish in Goldeneye. Because they were just two slightly aging Englishmen. Yeah, well, and, and an Irishman. And an Irish. Yes, sorry. Yes, but in in the film, they're yeah. English. Between them, they're sixty six percent of a of, of a walk into a bar joke. <laughs> they are. Uh, if you could throw Sean Connery in there, you'd get the hundred percent. Yeah. Um, this next, I think, significant thing in this film when he gets his mission is we meet Q for the first time. Yes. Well, yeah, you have the title sequence first, which, which I love. I love this because it's, it's effectively lights shining onto belly dancers. Yes, it is. And it's done very well. Very well. Like, you wouldn't get a title sequence like this today. No. 
And I do appreciate the kind of funky wah-wah organ sound yeah. that plays throughout the opening credits. It's still not a song. They, they've they yet to no. come to that. And I th- that comes in with Goldfinger, doesn't it? Uh, with, yes. With Shirley yeah. Bassey. A few, quite yeah. a few things come in with Goldfinger. Sort of the, the, the weirder, more fantastical gadgets come in yeah. there. Whereas with this one, when he gets his, his stuff from Q, it's all kind of reasonable. I get that you would have that yeah. kind of stuff. Here's a, a briefcase with some spare ammunition hidden in it and some emergency cash if you need it, or gold sovereigns, which I don't know yeah. what you would have done with in 1963. Well, no, I guess it was just barter power. But you've missed out an important bit, actually, Rich, where we meet Spectre. Oh, I apologise. Um, of course, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's this massive set that's a really weird moment. It seems to be a lot of money wasted on this set, building a massive set for a chess tournament where it's effectively a two-minute scene of a chess game. Mm. Um, but yes, then, then after that we meet um, Frau Farbissima. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong film again. That was Austin Powers. This is, uh, this is Spectre. We meet the, the three... Well, two of the agents from Spectre and someone with a cat. This is the first um, stroking a white cat. It um, is, isn't it? That's So he's, I want to say Blofeld. Yes, he is. That's his I name. Mean, yeah, that's that's how he's credited. But um, they don't say who played him, actually. It's just a, it says on the end credits, Blofeld and then question mark, which I thought was a neat little thing. Now, the guy who actually played him was hmm. the actor Richard Dawson, who played... Uh, Strangways in Doctor No. Ah, of course it was, yes. But it could have been anyone, because you just it see his hand been, stroking yeah. a cat. You and, know. and the top of his head. Yeah, it could have been my Which dad, for all I know. Got hair. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you you meet these characters, and they're only introduced as, as number two and number five. Number three and number five. No, sorry, number f- three and number five. Number two's number off on time yeah. off or something. Yeah, got killed, something like that. Yeah. And then you deal with odd numbers, maybe. That might be the case, yeah. It We're only be. having odd numbers. That'll really screw with everybody. And and so she's she's this... She's supposed to be Russian, isn't she? But I always think of her as German. Yeah. She's, she's got that sort of German-esque outfit on. I associate with Germany. But she's supposed to be Russian, or ex-Russian. She just resigned from Russian intelligence. Yeah, she's, and, she's she runs Smirsh. Yes. Which is the Russian anti-spy intelligence kind yeah. of agency. Not the KJB. Not the KGB. No. no. Yeah. I have trouble saying KGB. I want to say <laughs> KJB. And it's just... K- KGB. Yeah. Um, she's a sexy lady, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Very foreboding. I, I found the name Kleb sums her up with her look <laughs> and her demeanour and everything. Just, she is a kleb. And all her lines are dubbed again. This are they another, really? Yeah, this is another theme that, that I've noticed through all that, out the early Bonds. A lot of the the foreign actors' lines are dubbed. I think no, you're right. Yeah, They've done a funny thing as well to make it look like they're on a boat with the camera. Because um, this was clearly shot on a set. But they've, they've made the camera sort of sw- bob back and forth to make it appear like they're on a boat which is very clever you don't really notice it until you look closely i think it's a nice little effect that it is to be done relatively cheaply well for free really (laughs) once you got the camera yeah just move it a little bit 
Um, so anyway, we meet them, and then and then she gets uh, her mission to go away to this training camp that we saw earlier, um, and meet. Um, oh, you're gonna have to help me with character names. Robert Shaw Grant. Robert Shaw Grant, um, who effectively is. It looks like he's at a spa. He's getting a nice massage. From a woman who takes all her clothes off before she massages him. Well, yes. Why not? Which is also in the book. Yes. Why? What what is that? Is that just a perk? I guess so she doesn't get oil all over her clothes. That's a good excuse. There you go. Yeah. You don't want to get messy. No. But yeah, he he looks like he's having just quite a nice time, really. Yeah. And Um, this helicopter comes along. With this strange Russian woman in it, who uh, receives a file on on Grant, and um, has to go and see if he's right for the job, which she so tests she... by punching him in the stomach. Yes, well, she walks through the weirdest training camp ever. They're doing like judo. They've got a couple of flamethrowers in there, and like archery and all sorts machine guns, which is. Yeah, a very strange training camp. And then she meets uh, Grant and, and punches him in the stomach to to test to see if he's strong. And he doesn't flinch, so he'll do. I do think it's a shit test. It is. I mean, what, this little old woman can't knock him over? Uh, well, he must be nails then. Well, uh, she does use a knuckle duster. I, I've often wondered how much... Wo- yeah, it would hurt more, wouldn't it? It would. But she punches him in the stomach. He just tenses up. He's fine. He's fine. She's not going to hurt him. She puts a lot of weight behind it, though. You, her whole body's in that blow. She's not got a lot of weight. She's tiny. <laughs> She's tiny. There's three she... stone behind that punch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, now we cut away to Istanbul. And we meet the um, the woman who's handing over this machine, supposed, supposedly. And she's actually... Uh, been recruited by Spectre, unbeknownst to herself, um, to carry out this mission. Yeah, she thinks she's... she still she still believes that she's working for Russian intelligence. Yes, but she's not. No, not at all. She's working for Spectre. And this this number three, she gets around, doesn't she? How do you mean? She's well, she's in Istanbul now. She's in three consecutive scenes in three different countries. She's an international woman of mystery. Especially once she puts those glasses on. Yeah, oh, they're great glasses, aren't they? That make her eyes huge. You know, you know, you you can get those joke geek glasses. That's what she's got on. That's what she's got on. She looks, she looks like Woody Allen with them on. I was going to say Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> she's somewhere around there. Um, it's also worth noting in the book that as uh, Tatiana comes in to meet with Rosa Klebb, Rosa Klebb is wearing lingerie and laying on the bed. Oh, there's a lot of lesbian undertones in this, isn't there? Well, yeah, it's undertones in the film, but in the book it's very much right there. Um, Because that scene ends with her running off crying and screaming because Rosa Klebs tried to get it on with her. And I must admit, I would have run off screaming and crying, so I can't blame blame Tatiana for doing the same thing. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to point out at the training camp. That was on a place called Spectre Island. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to keep your secret, <laughs> your secret evil terrorist organization secret, don't name an island after it. You can just imagine British intelligence looking at a map, going, 
what about Spectre? I no, that's oh, no, obvious, no. isn't it? They're no. not going to put it there. Oh. What are the chances of that? That's, that's like hiding right under your nose. I think it's right next to Jurassic Park Island. <laughs> and the island that school dinner ladies come from. Because yeah. they're also made on an island and shipped over here. <laughs> and also the island where children's BBC presenters come from. It's this, this little patch in the... the <laughs> just off Costa, Costa Rica. That's where it is. Spectre and- Island. <laughs> so anyway, so Tatiana gets her mission, right? Yeah. And then we and we cut away to a scene where Bond is with a woman, of course. And uh he's basically just having a, a a nice time in a rowing boat with her. Well, this is the woman that he meets in the casino in the beginning of Doctor No. Oh, of course it is. But he doesn't I get put those two together. Yeah, he doesn't get time to shag her at the beginning of Doctor No because he's got to go on his mission. So this is the kind of well, I'm back now. Come on. Um <laughs> And she's up for it, because he's James Bond. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's just, he always, he's usually with a woman when we meet him yeah. in the film, especially in this period. Yeah. And and he gets this, this buzz on a, an, a, a predecessor to the pager, I suppose, um, which means that he's got a radio call coming through. So he goes over to his, his car and answers the radio, and is called in by Manny Penny. Um, and the woman is not very happy because she didn't get to shag him again. It must be frustrating for her. Mm. I imagine when he gets back from this mission, she just jumps him. <laughs> you know, she's waiting in his house wearing his oversized shirt like she is in Doctor No. Yeah. Um, did we mention that in in the last show that women in films and on TV always, when they're wearing their boyfriend's shirt... It's always a shirt that's actually far too large for that man to own. <laughs> maybe that's, yeah, maybe that is before whoever is supposed to own it lost a load of weight or something. I, and they just keep it around as a, as, a, as a memory of what could have been. Yeah, it, it occurred to me when I was watching Big Bang Theory the other day when Penny was there wearing, uh, what's his name? Leonard. Leonard's shirt. And it's down to just above her knees. And you think, hang on, they're pretty much the same height. There's no way that's Leonard's shirt. It would look like a dress on him as well. And that's it's you realise that's true for everything in in film. Uh but that would that would mean suspending your disbelief. 